Hello listeners, welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of a current full-time freelancer. Today we are at Wax Space in Oak Cliff, Dallas with Katie Smith of Drop Cap Design. Katie, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and all that. So my name's Katie. Um, I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama, but I moved to Dallas almost five years ago. And I run a design studio at Waxspace, and I primarily do branding for small business owners, but I also um, design a magazine out of LA called Boss Ladies Magazine and a magazine out of Dallas called Modern Huntsman. Awesome. What a, how long have you been doing freelance for? It'll be four years on April 1st. Okay. What a... Can you tell me a little bit about your journey into freelance and I guess maybe like any education that you had, like schooling or anything going into that? Yes. So I went to college for graphic design um, and always anticipated I would go into the publishing world. And I got to Dallas and took the first job that I was offered. Um, which was a layout designer for training manuals, which was um, about as boring as it sounds. And I hated it and I felt like I wasn't creative and design was just this tool that huge corporations were using to um, just crank out content and materials, but there was no uh, conceptualizing or inspiration or innovation, um, at least where I was at the time. And so I remember calling my mom and saying, I think I'm in the wrong industry. Um, I'm pretty sure I should have done childhood education. And my mom was like, we really need to have a talk. You don't even like babysitting. Like you, you're not good with kids for a long amount of time. I think this is like a breaking point for you. (laughs) And, um, so there was this event planner in Fort Worth that I had reached out to months and months before. And, um, she emailed me and said, I have this really quick job. Um, I know that you've taken another full-time position. My designer backed out its illustrations for this, um, party I'm throwing and I need it tomorrow by 8 a.m. And it was like 4.30 in the afternoon. And I said, I'll do it. And I went to Starbucks and I was there until like midnight just illustrating and completely lost track of time and sent it to her that night. And she was like, oh my goodness, I didn't think you were going to pull this off. I also have a presentation that I need to do tomorrow. Do you want to do that tonight? And so I just started doing work for her literally at night and I would come home from the agency and I would work until Starbucks closed. And then I would wake up at four thirty or five and finish up before I went to work the next day. And I just kind of became her go-to for last minute design work, which I would never suggest to anybody, but it worked for me at the time. And, um, so she started kind of getting my name out there and I, just started loving it. And I was about four months in having no life, just working around the clock. And I took a temporary position and, um, knew that it would only be two months. So after that, I went full-time freelance without much of a plan. (laughs) (laughs) So had you, at at that point, you said that she kind of started telling other people about you, uh, 
how long had you been doing the work where you were just doing just stuff for her before you started seeing other clients start to come in from her referrals? It was probably about two or three weeks and I was posting about it on social media, but I was also so nervous that my art director at the agency was going to find out and get mad at me. So I showed him some of the work I did and he was like, oh, this is great. And it's so great to have a creative outlet. Like you should continue to do this, you know, if it's inspiring you, which was so generous and little did he know it was paving the way for me quitting. But, um, but yeah, once I felt like I had permission to share, then I started putting it on Instagram and that's really when things started picking up because the event planner wanted to then share what I had posted and then people were asking and it kind of spread from there. What, um, I mean, like, what was the timeline like as far as from uh, you starting to take those jobs to like quitting your other job? And um, what's that? What was that process like? Yeah, it sounded like it was, it was, quite it was the sounded like it was like pretty like it was pretty fast. fast. Yeah, so I took the agency job in July. September was my first freelance commission, the illustration. Um, October is when I started working for other people. And then by January, I was like, if any opportunity comes up that allows me to leave this job and not immediately have to match my income, I'll take it. And Fossil had a temporary opening on their catalog. I was like, there's no way they would hire me. I'm so inexperienced. And like, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what I even want to do, but I'll try anyways. And I just went in there and just laid it all out on the table. And they called me that afternoon and they said, you got it. Can you start next Monday? And I was like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so I quit that day and I mean, I had no savings. I had maybe three or four clients. I was making probably $500 a month from freelance work, which is like nothing. And I was like, I'm just going to do it and just going to make it work. And, um, I think ignorance was kind of on my side at that point. So whenever you say you walked in and just kind of like laid it all out on the mm-hmm. table, like, can you go a little bit more in depth? And as far as like, what was that like? What did you, materials did you have with you? What did you say kind of like, because I feel like a lot of people don't get to see that. And I think to me, yeah. that's always been the really like elusive thing with freelancing is that I, I'll hear people talk about like pitching or like going and presenting an idea. And I'm like, cool, but what do you actually say? Like, can you take a camera with you next time you go and let me watch I think they probably picked up on my enthusiasm. Um, I walked in with an iPad with like a couple of examples, but then um, I also like brought in some illustrations and some sketches and some printed pieces. And I mean, it was just a complete scattered mess. But I was like, if you see anything in here that looks like it's, you know, something you can work with, just know that like I and very determined and work really hard. And I had kind of explained to her that at the time I was freelancing and working full time, but like freelancing from six until midnight and then four thirty until I went to work. And I think the them seeing how dedicated I was and that kind of passion and enthusiasm for just give me a, a chance, like I'm gonna work super hard. It was such a junior position that I'm like, I bet they probably hired me solely on enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
have you always been like super driven like that as far as and being like structured as far as like having the discipline to get up early? Mm, yeah, I've I've always I mean, I think I've been a workaholic since I was like in second grade. Um, but I yeah, I used to get in so much trouble in elementary school because I would rewrite tests over and over and over again until it looked right to me, like the handwriting and the, like where I had written in my answers and everything. I was like very OCD about my work. And then I remember in high school, I had switched schools um, from a private uh, middle school to a public high school. And my mom in all of her wisdom said, I really think you should take an art class your freshman year to like express yourself during the transition. And I was like, oh no, like art's such a waste of time. Like I'm not doing that. And she's like, no, I can think this is important. So I took it. And of course I'm like pulling all nighters and I'm like, I need like this, these projects need to be perfect. And, um, I've just always had this like insane drive to just put in as much time and effort as I can. Like I might not match the talent of every person in the room, but I'm like work three times as hard and that's paid off. Except, I mean, in college, I actually got vertigo, um, from a project. They, he had given us this like, um, linear geometry, huge rapidograph pen drawing and for the weekend. And, um, had just casually said like, this has taken some people like 40 to 50 hours to complete. And I was like, okay. Um, so I just hold myself up in this room. They had like an extra room in my dorm room at the college and, um, it had no windows. And I went in there for, um, I went in there Saturday morning and came out Monday morning and I hadn't slept. I hadn't eaten anything. I hadn't had any water. I just was drinking coffee and stayed up for like over 48 hours and my dad happened to be in town and he, I ended up like getting really tired right before it was due. So I was like, I'll take a shower to wake up and just crashed. And I had vertigo. And so then they gave me like a week off from school. And it turns out my professor had also gotten vertigo in college. And he took so much pity on me that he's like, you've got an A, like take a couple days off. Like (laughs) you really like, don't worry too much about the end result. Um, But yeah, I've like kind of chilled out a little bit more. You can't be that perfect as a freelancer, but as a student, I was very driven. I think that work ethic translated. Yeah. Um, so what about as far as, uh, I mean, being a freelancer, at least for me, like I do everything myself from like, obviously the creative side of stuff, being creative to like accounting and tax Mm -hmm. stuff for the most part. Um, how did you, how did you handle that stuff when you first started and what do you do now? What's kind of your journey been through that? Well, I didn't handle it at first, which really kind of messed me up. Um, I've never been like a major numbers person and I've also never been someone who likes to talk about things that might be controversial. So like, I didn't want to ever send contracts and I was really bad about asking for money or handling money or anticipating income. Um, so I actually took a part-time job at a coffee shop in order to kind of just build a little bit of stability and get to know the neighborhood. Um, and that's where I met my accountant, um, at the time. And she really helped me kind of see that, you know, 
money as something that was allowing me to do creative work. And by being really structured with it, it was allowed, it allowed me to be really flowy with everything else. Um, instead of working out of this like place of desperation and trying to, um, always make ends meet. And so I've gotten a lot better at it now to where I'll spend like one or two days a month, like really going through the numbers and making a plan and pricing's gotten a lot easier, but it's been such a process. It's been a long process. <laughs> so do you, do you have an accountant now that handles that stuff for you or what's? Yeah. So I used to have like a bookkeeper and a lady who did my taxes and, someone I asked about financial stuff and it was just a lot of different people and everyone only knew about 10% of what I was doing. And now I work with an accountant who also does my taxes and that's helped a ton in just finding any holes of areas where I'm either paying too much or not paying enough or um, kind of keeping everything organized Um, and also giving me a lot of peace of mind that someone actually knows what's going on in my business. Um, but yeah, I have an accountant, um, who also does my taxes and gives me a lot of financial advice. So it's helped. Uh, what about, um, legal stuff as far as like contracts and lawyers? Do you like, I probably have the most unprofessional contract that would not (laughs) hold up in any court. Um, but my dad and brother are both lawyers and even though they're not anywhere near the business or artist space, they take a look at it and at least will tell me like, you know, you really shouldn't use a lot of exclamation points in your contract. (laughs) All these little (laughs) tidbits that would um, make it not really be taken very seriously if there was ever a dispute. Luckily, I've never really had much of a legal dispute with a client before, but um, my dad did say, you know, as you get bigger, these things become more and more of an issue. And it's not a matter of when you need it, do it. It's more of a um, protecting yourself from the beginning. So my contracts evolved a lot over time and I've gotten the advice of family and friends who are in law. But um, that's definitely something that's on the list for the future to actually have a lawyer look over. Yeah, I know. Everything. The, uh, like you mentioned, starting out, like having a really hard time like dealing with money and like... Yeah and contracts and agreements and all this kind of stuff. And really, um, it's just like great communication is where it's just kind of, I think people have a, a, like a weird like view of contracts, which is, can be understandable because a lot of times I feel like contracts have this like association. There's this association with them of like, you're trying to like rope somebody into something and then it's almost just like, "Ah, I gotcha. Like we're, you know, uh, when really it's, it's more of a, uh, this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And if you don't do what you're going to do, say you are, or I, I don't hold the money into the bargain. This is the consequences or this is how we kind of handle that stuff. Um, and I've found that like, if people have a problem with that, with, with contracts, which I've never really had an issue with that, but if people have an issue with contracts, to me, it's a kind of a like, oh, hold on. Why are you having a problem with this? Because like, if you're going to do the stuff you say you are, and I'm doing the stuff I say, I'm like, nobody's being forced into signing this thing. Like, right. we have the option of going back and forth and changing stuff and making, mm-hmm. making sure everybody's happy. Um, and that's something that I found really interesting. Like when <coughs> I was looking at contracts as someone who works at an agency, agencies work on, with such huge budgets. And I saw that their contracts were to... Um, kind of skirt as much liability as possible. So if anything didn't work out, 
there was some kind of language that they weren't responsible for the end result. And so my context with contracts was just shift liability as much as possible. And I hated that because it felt like a little shady. But um, now that I'm a freelancer and I'm working with more one-on-one with other freelancers or creatives, I've seen that contracts for me are just a way to avoid potential conflict. So it's like, okay, well, if this situation comes up, I've gone through it before. And this is kind of like how we're going to deal with it. Like if you don't like your designs or if you need to get in touch with me and I'm not in the studio, or um, if you're not really sure when things are going to be due, or you're not really sure how to give me feedback, it's almost become like a outline for the relationship And that to me has been a place where I felt really comfortable with the contract being something that's um, necessary, but also really beneficial to the process. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Going back a little bit, you mentioned that the like first client that you got was like, it was based or it was a lot of like, hey, I need this right now, like last minute kind of stuff. And then you started getting referrals off of that. Did you notice any sort of like patterns of like similar types of clients that were being referred and like what's your experience been like that as far as like (laughs) yeah that's definitely why I said I would never suggest that for anybody because setting that kind of precedent as the person who does overnight work is really hard to then get away from Um, and she was so kind and I think she also saw that my situation. I was so young and so enthusiastic about doing creative work um, that she never took advantage of it, which I'm so grateful for. But now having been in this for four years, it's like, oh, if I had met the wrong person, I could have so easily burned out or been really taken advantage of. And I was charging like nothing. Um, And So now I would say if I could go back, that's one of the things I would do differently is I would really have set the precedent of working like I was doing it full time, even when I wasn't, um, I just was hustling like crazy, but then it meant the whole first six months that I went full time freelance, I kept to the same hours. So I would wake up at four 30 or five and then go to bed at midnight. And I mean, obviously your health starts to really suffer. Mm -hmm. And, um, so now I would have kind of built in some boundaries for myself from the beginning instead of taking so long to retrain my habits and also to retrain the way I interacted with clients, not like having 12 bosses, but instead being the service provider of 12 customers. And I think that mindset really helped. Yeah. Seeing it like a business. Yeah. Um, What about as far as like, I, I feel like for me, I have noticed that like certain types of clients refer more clients like themselves. Yes. Um, and so like, like there's been times where I'm like, man, I'm really not liking the clients that Mm -hmm. I'm having. And then I'm looking like, Oh, well, it's because it was referred from someone I didn't enjoy working with. Right. (laughs) So how do you like, how do you deal with that? And how do you figure out in like, like what's your vetting process as far as like, this is somebody I do want to work with or this is somebody I don't want to work with. And, and if you have somebody you don't want to work with, like how do you handle that? How do you break yeah. the news to them or whatever? Some of it's a little intuitive, but I, my first red flag is always urgency. Like if someone's like, I need this immediately, then I feel like they're 
hiring creative work out of desperation. And that's really just not a good place to start. If you're desperate for creative work, then you just want it done. You don't want it done well. And that's something that's just going to kill the project from the beginning. So I, I tend to see like, are you willing to wait two weeks or something just to kind of see like what the urgency is? Um, another is, um, if they're willing to follow my process or not, I have a very outlined process now. And if people are like, Oh, well, I can do this part of your process, but not this part. And they start to try to kind of customize it. Then I start to wonder, um, how they've handled creatives in the past and like what their respect is for my process as a designer. Um, so that's another thing I look for. And then the third thing that I look for, um, oh gosh, I had it in my head and now it's losing me. Um, oh, I'll think of it later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with the, the process, I, I've been kind of getting more like developing my own process a bit the last like six mm-hmm. months or year. So really kind of f- trying to focus on that more. And, uh, I feel like that there is this like misconception of like, once again, that like being a creative, like you just like free flow and you kind of like get to do what you want. And it's like, yeah, to, to some extent, yes. But treating it like a business, there like has to be a process. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I mean, it sounds like you try to be like pretty structured in general with oh, stuff. It's incredibly but, structured. But yeah. like, what, like, if you always kind of have that, or what, what, like for me, my my process has come from experience of like, oh, this is why I need to say this thing. This is why I need to mm-hmm. ask these types of questions. Um, what what kind of things have you seen that have like helped you like? define your process along the way? So one of the biggest things I do is um, I kind of mentally review every client after I work with them and like what were the pros and cons of that project. And it usually helps me see if there's either a person I don't want to or a type of person I don't want to work with in the future. And that helps me kind of identify new red flags to look for, or, um, if there's a part of my process, it's either unclear or not totally refined. Um, so I kind of take a moment to consider each project at the end and that's helped me develop my process, but it was also a mindset shift when I realized the more structure I had around my creative process, the more freedom I had in how I got to a place of inspiration. So when I didn't have a process, I felt really frantic all the time. Like I always had that feeling like I'm behind or, um, I'm forgetting something. And because I have such a creative brain, um, I always have the feeling like I'm forgetting something and 90% of the time I am. So having this structure (laughs) really keeps me accountable too. But once I have the piece that like, okay, there's a process, I know what's coming next. I don't have to like scramble to like reinvent the wheel every single time I work with a client. So then I get to be really inspired and creative with how I approach that process for that particular client. And to me, that's been a much more freeing form of creativity than just rolling with it every time. That's stressful. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I feel like for me, it's, it's just like you, your brain like creates all this extra stuff or it creates this like feeling like, mm-hmm. 
there's so much stuff to do and there's not enough time to do it. And so you're like constantly caught up in this like whirlwind of things when it's like really that stuff that's always going to be there. Oh yeah. And you have to go like, I'm going to do, do this stuff here and then not And freelancing will help you identify (coughs) a lot of weaknesses or insecurities that you have as a human will Mm -hmm. come out in freelancing. (laughs) So I noticed that like, I'm such a people pleaser that if anyone even communicated any kind of frustration or um, like not wanting to cooperate, then I would just completely overcompensate. And I realized that that wasn't necessarily the right way to respond. And it was creating stress for both people. And self-awareness was probably the biggest thing I've had to work on as I became a freelancer is like understanding myself because the better I can understand myself and my natural reactions to things and my triggers with clients that kind of make it turn into a bad situation, the more I can anticipate it and avoid it in the future. So yeah, a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) So whenever, if you, uh, say that you have somebody in during any point of the process and you decide that it's somebody that you don't want to work with, um, and they're, they've like inquired of you. How do you tell them that? So like once they're in the inquiry process, um, I mean, I guess at any point, like, cause yeah. it's it, at some point it can be a weird or difficult conversation to have, especially mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of times people are like, I'm hiring you to do something. And they, I feel like it, a lot of times it seemed like the relationship goes one way and really yeah. it's like, no, this has to be a win for everybody involved. Yeah. And if it's not a win for me, yeah. See you later, I'm out. Yeah. Um, so in the inquiry process, if someone's seeming like a bad fit, I suddenly just become really booked. I feel like that's like the most graceful exit I've been able to figure out so far. It's just, oh, I'm so sorry. I know you were hoping to start on this date. I just had three people and maybe those three people are trades. I just decided on that morning, but I all of a sudden just don't have capacity. And um then once they've booked, if it's going south really fast, um, I like I've had a lot of like hard, difficult phone conversations that have been like, if we can't change the tone of this working relationship, we're going to need to go separate ways. And um, every time that's gone well, which is really insane. But there was one time I was working with um, uh group, I don't even know if you'd call them an agency, but they were in uh, like the New England area and they had just not paid attention to my process at all, not paid attention to any of the deadlines and just taken, I felt like taking a lot of advantage of me as an independent freelancer. And I sent an email that said, I just feel incredibly like, you know, disrespected by the way that you've been treating me. And if we can't, change this tone. We're going to need to like sever our working relationship. And they did get back and said, we will sue you if you don't finish this project. And my first inclination was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go to court. Like, this is awful. And then I called my dad, who's my legal confidant. He goes, how much is the project worth? I was like, I don't know, like $2,000. He was like, yeah, it would take him about $2,000 to open the case. So he was like, that's just a threat to see if you will stand your ground or keep going. So I just sent back, feel free to have your lawyer contact me, but I feel very strongly that we adhere to the contract. 
Um, and you know, if we need to take this further, I'm willing to do so, but I hope we can end this amicably. And I got a response back that said, that's fine. Just send us what you've worked on so far. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's, it's okay to be bold, right? Like it's, it's, it's funny. Like, because I've been, I was insecure for a long time. And I mean, I still am. I think it's something that freelancers deal with, especially as being like creatives. And you're so like, oh, I want people to like my stuff and and I want them to hire me. And the whole like Mm -hmm. being perpetually unemployed, but the bills always being there. Uh, But really, I'm finding more that people respect me more whenever I'm blunt and firm with them and just like, yo, this is the way I operate. This is the policy. This is the way things are. And uh, if they don't understand, then like, later not worth it because once again yeah. it comes you know, I feel like you know it comes back to that like if if I do something to try to please them or or, or like a bend for them all it's going to yield is more work like that and if it's not a win oh, yeah. there it's not going to be a win with the rest of them either yeah and it's funny because I think about it as like a working relationship in some ways is like any relationship like if it becomes abusive or codependent <clears throat> or you know some form of unhealthy you need to get out. Like you need to either fix it or get out. And um, so I've noticed that in working relationships, like the old saying, like the customer's always right or the client's always right is really damaging. Um, and, and I do try to put myself in their shoes and honestly evaluate if I've done something wrong and create a space where like, they can tell me if I've done something that has contributed to the situation. And it's takes just as much courage to own a mistake as it does to call someone out on one. And so I try to really balance the two. But when it comes down to being mistreated or um, disrespected, yeah, the more I've kind of put my foot down, the better the results. Because I will say in the past, I would just be like, oh, okay, like I'll, you know, I'll just make it work. Don't worry about it. And it gets worse at that point. It never gets better. Uh, So shifting a little bit over, um, while I was getting everything set up, you mentioned that you just hired your first full-time employee recently. Mm -hmm. I want, I'm, that's, I'm interested to learn about that and like, um, what that process has been like for you. And I mean, if you had interns before or hired other people before, it has definitely been a learning curve. Um, I hired my first person two years ago, but I've worked with a lot of independent contractors and, um, a lot of them on a consistent, like retainer type basis. And what I found was for me, it was very hard for me to trust people who weren't all the way in. So like I would rely on them for the growth of my business and my business model, but they really didn't have as much skin in the game as I did. Like they had their own businesses that they were running. And so last year is when it really felt like it was getting out of hand. I think at one point I had 10 people that were technically on my team that I felt responsible for drumming up work for, but then I didn't necessarily always feel the same sort of loyalty back. And so, and I'm, none of them ended poorly. I mean, I'm very good friends with everyone who's ever worked with me, but I did realize it was causing a lot of stress and distrust in my own business. And I was becoming very private and secretive about where I wanted the business to go. And it wasn't because of what they were doing, but just the nature of our working relationship where I didn't feel like, I felt like people had like one foot in one foot out. And so, um, I, my 
one of the girls who had been working with me the longest, we just, she decided to pursue her business full time in November and it was super hard. It was like a breakup. Um, but it ended really well. Like we were good friends, but I mean, it was like, yeah, it's, it was super weird, uh, or a weird feeling for me to kind of go through it. So I reevaluated and realized I really want to work with people who are like fully on board with where I'm going and very dedicated to seeing it through. Um, and Victoria, who her first day was yesterday, but um, she emailed me out of the blue. She'd been following me for years and had seen the whole transition of the studio. And I was like, I'm feeling a little burned. And like, I don't really know if I want anyone to work with me right now. But she came in and talked to me. And I remember after we had a conversation, she sent me an email and she was like, hey, I just want you to know that one of the big things if I came to work with you is that I really want to give you an opportunity to just rest and like know that somebody's got your back. And it was just the perfect thing to say to me at that point. So that's pretty much like you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when, when you've hired other people, mm-hmm. what, what do you have them do? Cause I, I've had a really hard time personally doing that and letting go. Cause part of me feels like I'm the best at everything and that like people mm-hmm. don't see things the way I do, you know? And, and yeah. Like, and you- it's super hard. I mean, it's a learning curve. I think I had hired the, f- the first girl I'd hired her for like six months before I actually gave her something to work on because I would just like have her on standby. And it was just because I was a control freak. But once we started working together we both grew as designers once we started working on projects together and I saw how successful that was. So it became easier and easier. But I think the part that became really hard for me is I had this idea in my head of the kind of work culture I wanted to be in, which was very like close and like an intimate group of people that felt like family. And that portion doesn't work with independent contractors. Like at that point, it becomes about the project and not about the team. Um, so that was really the hardest thing for me, but as far as working with them, the process was everything like having everyone on the exact same process. I had everyone on the exact same timeline. At one point I made it to where whenever I worked with clients and contractors, every project started on the same day and all deadlines were the same day. So I could like keep track, but, um, yeah, it was difficult for sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, have you worked with interns at all? Yes. I had an intern last summer and fall and it was wonderful. And she was wonderful. Um, I remember her first day last summer, um, she was supposed to come into the studio and I was of course like behind that morning and had a million things to do. And I was like, oh, I don't have time to talk to someone who just like wants to hear about how I got to where, you know, I am. And I was like, why did I sign up for this? This was the worst idea. And I come into the studio and she's brought me a cup of coffee and she, and she was like, just, you know, I can read for a little bit. I know that you have a busy schedule today. And it was like, amazing. She just like read my mood so well, um, but she ended up being wonderful. Um, so yeah, internships have been great. What do you, I mean, obviously what you're doing as a designer versus me doing video and photo stuff is a little bit different, but mm-hmm. what kind of roles and stuff like things and tasks do you have them doing? Cause I find that I have a hard time a little bit figuring out like what stuff do I teach them and tell them and, and like, yeah put the responsibility on their shoulders for and whatnot. Yeah. So basically I maintained, um, like the role of editing or, okay. So as a, 
from a design perspective, like the conceptualizing type of role or like the one where it would, I would prepare it to send to the client. I always kind of kept that task so I could have like the last little ability to make adjustments. Um, but like with, um, with Sarah Jane, who is my intern, um, I would give her, you know, like we have a new client and this is kind of what they're wanting to do. I'd love to like, kind of see what your take on it would be. Um, here's all the materials. If you just want to like sketch out some ideas. Um, and then we talk through the ideas and then I would tell her like, here's why this one like wouldn't work. And here's why this one's like, very promising. And she kind of could see how, um, uh, working with a client is not the same as doing work as a student. Um, cause I could tell her like, they're not gonna like it for this reason. I know it doesn't make sense from everything you've learned, but like, I know that this won't work. Right. Um, but then I would also let her a lot of times do the revisions. It's like when the client would get back give feedback. I would let her see what that feedback was. And a lot of times go into the design file and make the edits and kind of see what that revision process looked like. So I would give her just very, very small things within the process. Um, but Victoria, she does marketing and she's an expert too. So I kind of let her take over that realm of my business. So the way I interacted with Sarah Jane as an intern is was more of like a mentor type relationship. And the way I work with Victoria as an employee is a lot more of like a partnership. So I trust her and she tells me what to do in certain areas. And then we kind of collaborate because I know that she's trying to build my business from where, from the place that she understands the best. And for me to relinquish, like I hired her because that part was difficult. So I just kind of let her take ownership and we do it together and support each other. And then she does project management for me to where she kind of assists me on some client stuff. That's cool. Well, congrats yeah, on that. That's a, and that's a big step to take. Huge. I've, a little scary, but I, good. Yeah. I, I haven't <laughs> been able to push myself that far yet. Well, yeah. I just keep telling myself, okay, in the next like couple of months, next like six months or so. And I just, I realized I was basically, spending like I had several <coughs> employees and it was just like divide dispersed among like 10 people instead of three. I was like, well, if I had, I think I would get more out of it if I had fewer people who were more dedicated. Um, and yeah, it, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was, but it worked out. Well, cool. Um, any last thoughts? Um, the freelance journey is not as bad as it seems. I mean, I think back to four years ago and I was terrified and I made all of these plans. Like, here's what would happen if I got this many clients and here's how much I need to make in order to like think that I'm successful. And like all of that didn't matter once I got into it, because as soon as you hit one goal, you've got another goal. And like, I spent so much time planning instead of just doing the work and just producing new work. I was so worried about the business model. And if I could go back, I would be less concerned with like this super structured five-year plan and more about the kind of work that I'm putting out in the relationships that I was making. I think that's more important as a freelancer. So yeah. Well, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah. What, uh, where can people find you? Um, so my website, everything's pretty much drop cap design. So D R O P C A P. Um, and I'm on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook, but, um, the best place to go is the blog on the website. So. Cool. Thanks so much. Awesome. We'll uh, Thank you. have all the links to all those places in the show notes at vacacy.com slash freelance Friday. 
And uh, if you have any other questions for Katie or for any of the people we've had on the show or myself or just questions in general relating to freelance stuff, please send them my way and we'll do what we can to help give uh, our opinions and experience on this. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Freelance Friday is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a full-service video production company based in Dallas, Texas. Vacacy, big video production value, freelance agility and scale.